Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. I love summertime around here. It gets so green. You know, it just everything just turns such a beautiful green. You got beautiful blue sky. I mean, it's great. So enjoy it while you can because in a few months we'll be griping about the weather. But I, know, I just love it. And so I thank God for it. The earth is a beautiful place. I think God created a one beautiful, beautiful place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just open our hearts to you this morning and to your word. Feed us, O oh God. Encourage us. Strengthen us. Your words of spirit in their life. Minister to our spirit. Give life to our spirits. We leave here better than when we came because of your spirit, because of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen, hallelujah. Well, I'm going to go back to some basics today. So uh, every once in a while, something happens during the week, and it just stirs something in me. And actually, something that Pastor Darren said Wednesday night when he was preaching, it just kind of it just rung something, it just stirred, stirred something in me. And uh, so I, wanna, I just want to talk about faith this morning. I want to go back and talk, explain basic faith. And uh, I want to start, first of all, I want to start in Second Peter because uh, this is my, uh, my reason for going back, Scripture, praise the Lord. But Peter, listen, listen to what it says in Second Peter chapter, chapter 1. He's talking about he's listing some things that they need to that they need to do to be to be successful in their walk with the Lord, and then it, it says this in verse twelve. It says, "Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, the things you just mentioned, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth that's present with you." So he got, he says, "I know you know these things, but I'm gonna stir, I'm gonna remind you again. I consider it right as long as I'm in this earthly." dwelling, to stir you up by way of reminder. It's, it means to wake you up, to, to, to arouse you. Knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, that's him, not me. And also the Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I will also be diligent that after my, that at any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. So he said, there's some things I know, I know you know these things, but I'm going to tuck, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share them, I'm going to repeat them to you. So that after, even after I'm gone, you can, you, you can recall them, you can remember them. So God wants, us to, God wants to stir us up because sometimes things kind of settle. And, uh, and it's like uh, every, time, every time my wife makes hot chocolate, you, you, know, you, you, you leave the hot chocolate sitting on for a minute and everything kind of, you have to stir it up. And God, God says some things settle in us. We want to stir them up. So I want to stir up your faith this morning, if I can, by the, by the power of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. So let's turn to one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to... And verse 6. 
To me, it's one of the most important scriptures in the whole Bible because it tells you how to receive from God. It says, by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And if, if I, years and years ago, when I, when I first read this scripture, it's like the Lord spoke to me. The Spirit of God kind of stirred with me. He said, if I'm a Christian, then one of the things I want to do in my life is to please God. I want to live a life that's pleasing to God. Well, if I want to live a life that's pleasing to God, it's going to have to live it by faith. It's going to be, faith has to be operating in my life because without faith, it's impossible to please him. So basically, what is faith? Faith is, is very simply, it's believing God. Believing God that he is who he says he is and he'll do what he says he'll do. And in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance. The King James says substance. My Bible says it's the assurance of things hoped for. See, to me, there's an element of, uh, there's an element of uncertainty in hope. You know, I hope to go on vacation. I hope to get a new car. I hope something. And there's, there's an element of uncertainty. You're not sure. But faith is the assurance of things. It's, it's, you're assured that what you hope for is actually going to manifest in your life. There's a confidence. It's a, it's a conviction. It's an evidence of things not seen. So there's some things that I don't see yet. But I'm certain. I'm certain that they're coming to me because of my faith. The faith that's stirring on the inside of me. Believing that God's promises are true and God's going to do exactly what he said he's going to do in my life because he's a good God and he's a God of his word. And in Ephesians chapter 2, in Ephesians chapter 2 is another, to me, a very important scripture concerning faith. It says this in verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves is a gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. So by, the Bible says it's by, by grace you've been saved through faith. Everything we get from God, we get by grace through faith. It, first of all, the grace of God. It's God's total unmerited favor that gives us things like salvation, healing, deliverance, provision, wisdom, and guidance. Everything that God has for us, it's by his grace. We don't deserve it. We didn't earn it. There's nothing, there's no reason why God should give it to us, but he gives it to us anyway because he loves us. And it's, so all, all, those, all the promises of God are available for every one of us in Jesus' name, but we only receive the ones that we believe for. So it's by grace through faith. It's faith. It's believing what God said and what brings the promises of God into our life. So it's everything we get from God, not just salvation, but every, every good thing that we get from God, we get by the grace of God through faith. And so that applies to every aspect of our life. So that, to me, that's the, the basics of faith. Faith is believing God, and faith is receiving what he has for us. In Jesus' name, I praise you, God. Hallelujah. In Romans chapter 10, in Romans chapter 10, it says, so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of, the King James says the word of God. My Bible says the word concerning Christ. Faith is based on the word of God. You can only have faith, you can only believe for something when God, when you know what God has said about it, 
That's why it's so important to read the Bible, so we know what the Word of God says, because you can only have faith for what God has said. You can't believe God beyond his word. So salvation, healing, everything that we get, we get from God. But we have to believe it. And we have to know that what he said. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word, my Bible says, concerning Christ. Because the context of this scripture is salvation. And salvation comes by hearing what, what the Bible says about Jesus and the sacrifice and the cross and his resurrection, all the things that pertain to salvation. When we find that out, we find out that God has sent his son to die on the cross for us, and we know that it's for us, then we can believe it. God says, that's what the Bible says, that God watches over his word to perform it. He doesn't, he doesn't watch over what I want, what I think. He watches over his word, and that's why it's so important for us to know the word. In Isaiah chapter 55, the, the scripture says, God says, so shall my word be, which goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, God says, but without accomplishing what I desire, without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. God's word will, will produce in our, in our lives exactly what it said he would if we just believe it. But we need, we need a word from God so that we can believe and receive what he has for us. You know, I was thinking of that, the scripture that talks about when Peter walked on the water, the Bible says he just fed 5,000 people. At the end of that, he, he, sent his, he sent his disciples across the lake where he went to a mountain to pray. In the middle of the night, he came walking to them on the sea, and they thought it was a ghost, and they were scared. There was a storm brewing, and it was, you couldn't tell who it was. And he, and he says, don't, don't be afraid, it's me. And Peter says, and he's like, where'd that come from? Peter says, Lord, if it's you, bid me come to you on the water. When I read that, it's like, wait. It's like, if, if it was, I thought, if, if I saw Jesus walking to me in the water, and he said, it's me, I'd say, okay, come on. But, he's, but he, this just came right up. He says, Lord, if it's you, bid me come to you on the water. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, come. And Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on the water. That's, that's, that's far out. I mean, yeah, I know he, the Bible says he got, his, he got his eyes off of Jesus and he started to sink, but I don't care if he walked two steps. That's better than I've ever done. But, he, but how could he do that? How could he walk on the water? Because he had a word. He had a word from God, come. That's why he could, but the other... Now, what if one of the other apostles said, well, I'm just as spiritual as Peter. If he can walk on the water, so can I. He steps out of the boat. What's he going to do? He's going to sink. Because he doesn't have a word. God didn't say come to him. He said come to Peter. We have to understand when God gives us a word, God will, God will, that word will work in our lives. So even if it's a far out word, even if it's a word that seems impossible, if we believe it and step out on that word, it'll, it'll do exactly what God said it'll do in your life. I'll tell you, God has all the, all the good things for us if we just believe him. In Romans there's a couple of scriptures we're going to go to several times, a few times today, so hang in there. In Romans chapter 4, let's talk about when Abraham talks about Abraham and Sarah. In verse 16, in Romans 4, 16, this says, For this reason, it is by faith, in order that may be accordance to grace. There it is. It's grace and faith again. 
For this reason it is by faith in order that it may be accordance with grace, so that the promise may be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you, in the presence of him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. In hope against hope he believed, so that he might become the father of many nations, according to which, according to what that which has been spoken, so shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated not his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Listen, verse 20. But with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. But verse 20, I read all that. I wanted to get to verse 20. Talk about the word, the importance of the word in faith. But with regard to the promise of God, how can a man his age believe God for a child? He can because God said he would. See, when God gives his word, even impossible things can happen. God gave this old man a word and said, you're going to have a, you and your wife are going to have a baby. And he, his, he knew his body was dead. He knew he couldn't do it in the natural. But with respect to the promise of God, he said, if I'll believe what God said, God will do it for me. And he did it in Jesus' name. He had a child that was almost 100 years old. His wife is 90. Well, God bless her for delivering a baby that ill. I know my wife had a baby. She was almost 43 years old. And I can imagine, well, I think we're done. I can imagine a woman trying to have a baby at 90. God bless her. But with regard to the promise of God, see, that's what we have to say. When we find a promise of God in the word, we can say with regard to the promise of God, I'm not going to waver in unbelief, but I'm going to be fully persuaded that what God had promised me, he's able to and will perform in my life if I'll believe it, if I'll have faith in him to do it. In Hebrews chapter 3, you don't have to go there. says the children, the children of Israel were, when, they came out of, when they came out of Egypt they couldn't enter the promised land because of unbelief. They, they wouldn't believe what God said. So Abraham believed God and he got the promise. The children of Israel didn't believe God and they missed out on the promise. To enter the promise that whole generation died because they wouldn't believe God. It says in Hebrews chapter 3, so they were not able to enter because of unbelief. You have to believe what God says. You have to, no matter how, how wild it seems, whatever God says, believe it and it will happen in your life. And the other, another thing to remember is faith is of the heart. Again in Romans chapter 10. In Romans chapter 10, it says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The Bible says with the heart man believes. Believing is of the heart. See, we can, we can agree mentally that something is true, but that doesn't affect us. Remember, my, I think my son, my son said this to somebody one time, a friend of his, he was talking about the things of God, and he said, you're going to miss God by about 18 inches. 
And the guy said, what do you mean I'm going to miss God? He's because you know it up here, but you don't know it down here. You acknowledge, you know, you under, you went to, maybe you went to church as a kid and you understood some of the scriptures, but they're all up here in your head and, you, and they never drop down into your heart. Faith is of the heart, for with the heart man believes. You, you don't believe with your head, you believe with your heart. It's so, it's so important to get that word down in your heart so you can believe God and receive what's, what the promise is. It's not what I understand, it's what I believe that makes a difference. And the scripture also shows us the importance of speaking the word, declaring what God has said over your life. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. But that again, that applies to all the promises of God for healing, for salvation, for deliverance, for provision, for wisdom, whatever you need from God. You believe it in your heart, but you've got to say it with your mouth. Confession is made unto. We need to understand the importance of speaking the word, to say what God says. You remember what Jesus said in Mark 11:23? We've said we've we've been over this scripture so many times, but it's so important. Mark in Mark 11:23, Jesus said, "For verily I say unto you." Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he saith will come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So whatever I, whatever I believe in my heart and say with my mouth, the Bible says, will come to pass, if it's in agreement with the word of God. It's so important to speak it. We release it. When we, when, we do, when we speak the word, we release it into the realm of the spirit. We release it into the atmosphere and cause that word to go to work on our behalf. We need to stop talking about the mountain and start talking to it. If you'll say unto this mountain, see a lot of times the mountain overwhelms us. All we can, all we can see is how big it is, what the prob, how big the problem is, and how impossible the problem is. But we need to speak to our problems. We need to speak to it. And say, no, in Jesus' name. I speak the word of God over you. I command you to go in Jesus' name or change or whatever. We speak the word and God will honor his word in our life. The Bible talks about, we read that scripture in Romans 4, calling things which be not as though they were. Things that I don't have, things that I don't see, things that God has promised. If they're not, if they're not manifested in my life, I call them into being in Jesus' name. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says, But we, having the same spirit of faith, we believe, therefore we speak. It's what you believe, what you say, what you say with you, what you believe in your heart, and say with your mouth, the Bible says, will come to pass. God created everything. In Genesis chapter 1, God created everything by speaking. It says over and over again, And God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. It's the way things come to pass by speaking by believing them in their heart and speaking them with their mouth in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1 it says that Jesus is the high the apostle and the high priest of our confession what did the high priest do the high priest somebody brought a sacrifice that they wanted to give to God the, the high priest took that sacrifice and he, and he ministered that up to God and made it acceptable to God the Bible says that Jesus is the high priest 
the, the apostle and high priest of our confession. He takes our confession like the high priest took the sacrifice and he brings, makes it acceptable and brings it to the Father and says, this person is believing you, Father. Do this in their, do this in their life. Bring it to pass. So the problem is if there's no confession, there's no high priest offering to God. So you speak the word. Speak it boldly. Declare it. And just keep saying it. Saying what God says over your life and watch what happens. God will do it in Jesus' name. The other thing we have to understand about faith is the difference, is the difference between what the, the, the Greek word logos and rhema. There's two principal words in the New Testament that are translated word. I mean, if I, if I, you know, the word is translated word. Logos is translated word and rhema is translated word, but they're different. Logos is the, is the revealed will of God. In the beginning, in John chapter 1, the Gospel of John, it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's the Logos. That's the general revealed will of God. But in Ephesians chapter 6, when it says, take up the Spirit, take up the Word, take, take up the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, which is the which is the word of God. That's a rhema word. That's a spoken word. It's a specific word that God gives us for a particular situation. So what we need to do when we're, when we're believing God for something, we need to get a word from God, a specific word that's like the sword of the Spirit that will cut through and get for us what God has. Oh, I thought you had something. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for giving us a rhema word, a specific word that will fight for us and win the victory. The other thing we have to understand about faith is what I call the two truths. There's a natural truth and there's a spiritual truth. We read that in Romans chapter 4 where it says, Abraham contemplated not his own body, now as good as dead. He understood that he was 90, 99 years old. He understood that his body was dead. He understood that he couldn't have a child. That was the natural truth. But then there was the spiritual truth, which was what God said. And so sometimes we have to disregard what we know in the natural in order to believe what God said in the spirit. But, we, what we, but with regard to the promise of God, he wavered not in unbelief. We don't deny the natural. So sometimes people say, I remember one time I was watching, I was watching Benny Hinn's program. Excuse me. <clears throat> and he had a word of knowledge for some woman, and he he pointed pointed her out, and he said, "God says you've got cancer," and she said, "No, I don't." And he said, "Yeah," and he was, he said, "No, I don't. I don't have cancer." He says, "God showed me, lady, that you have cancer." She said, "No, I don't." He says, "God wants to heal you, but I'm telling you, God says you and." She broke down. <clears throat> she finally broke down. She says, they told me not to say it. In other words, wherever she went, wherever, wherever group she was hanging out with the people, they said, don't say that you have cancer. Well, you don't deny the natural. You don't say I'm not sick when you're sick. You say, God, but by a, there's a, a different report. The Bible says, whose report will you believe? So you, you don't say, I don't have bills to pay. If you have bills to pay, you got bills to pay. But God. So we... we so, we don't deny the natural, 
but we just say that God is greater than the natural and that his word supersedes what I see in the natural and his word will take care of that in Jesus' name. So we don't say, we don't deny the natural. There's two truths. There's a natural truth and there's a spiritual truth. The spiritual truth is greater and that's what we grab onto. That's what we hold onto. That's what we confess. That's what we believe and God will change the natural in Jesus' name. And the other thing I think is very important is we have to understand that time, time is the greatest, one of the greatest robbers of faith. In Mark eleven twenty four, after Jesus said, for verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. The following scripture says, therefore, Whatever you do, whatever you, whatever you, ah, I'm drawing a blank. Therefore, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. So, the Bible says you have to believe you receive it, and you shall have it. But there's a time, there's a, there's a, there's a period of time between believing you receive it, and you shall have it. And that period of time can be fairly long. And usually what happens is people, the devil comes, he says, it hasn't happened yet, it's not gonna. And people come up, people give up on their faith. They say, I've been praying for this for so long. Well, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Don't give up. You know, when, when you decide you're gonna go after something, go after it until it comes. Don't ever give up on it in Jesus' name. Don't let time rob you of your faith. The Bible says it's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises. And in James it says we're to let patience have its perfect work, that we may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Thank you, Lord. In James chapter 2, it says that faith without works is dead. The other aspect of faith is we have to do what God says to do, we have to do our part. If God says to, to do something specific, we have to do it. Abraham started walking without knowing where he was going, the Bible says. Noah built an ark before they saw the rain coming. You have to, be, you have to do what God says. Faith without works is dead. See, if, so, if, someone, if someone said to somebody, I'll pick you up for church, well, that person gets up in the morning and gets ready. They get dressed and they get ready. Because why? Because they believe that someone's coming to pick them up. So we do, we do what God says to do ahead of time so that God can work in our lives and bring it to pass. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12, it says, The kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. So another aspect of the faith is aggressive. We have to go after something. We have to submit to God, the Bible says. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And Peter says, the devil goes about as a roaring lion, seeking someone whom, we, whom he may devour. Whom resist? We have to resist the devil when he comes to, to shake us and to cause us to give up on what we're believing God for. And, and finally, one of the most important aspects of faith is to realize that God 
is no respecter of persons. See, I, he, the devil will come to people in church and say, oh yeah, pastor, he's, he, he can believe God, but you can't. You're weak. You're, you're a nothing Christian. You're just, you're, you don't have any faith. But you have to understand, God is no respecter of persons. He'll do it for, I was thinking of that woman with the issue of blood. Here's this, we don't, we don't know her name. We know, we know, find out who she is. But here's this woman with an illness. And she said, I'm going to go and I'm going to touch the hem of his garment and I'm going to get healed. She, when she gets there, there's all these, there's this whole crowd of people around Jesus. And they're all, and she, you know the story, she crawls up behind him, she touches the hem of his garment. The Bible says Jesus felt power. She, she pulled something out of him. He felt power leaving him. He said, who touched me? And the disciple said, Lord, everybody around you is touching you. What do you mean, who touched me? He said, somebody touched me with a touch of faith. See, and you, it would be easy for her to say, well, look at the apostles. These are apostles. These are people close to Jesus. They're touching him, and they're not getting out. I think, how am I going to get something? But God is no respecter of persons. Just because someone, this person doesn't get it doesn't mean you can't. You can get it if you believe God. You, the promises of God can be yours as, as much as anybody on the earth, huh? anybody on the planet. They can be yours because God loves you. And if you do what the Word says to do, if you can believe God and confess the Word and stand in His Word and walk in love and, and do what God says to do, you can receive all the promises of God. They'll come to you in Jesus' name because God will do it for you as much as He'll do it for anybody on the planet because that's the way He is. He's no respecter of persons. And, he, you, and you can be as powerful as anyone else in the body of Christ. So I just want to encourage you today. Be a person of faith. Believe God to be who he says he is in his word in your life. Believe him for salvation. Believe him for healing. Believe him for deliverance. Believe him for provision. Believe him for wisdom and guidance. All the promises of God, the Bible says, are yours in Jesus. We need to say yes and amen. I thank you for it, Lord. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to be a believer. The Bible calls us believers. Remember in Mark chapter 16, it says believers shall lay hands. Well, God calls, us to be a God calls us believers, be a believer. Don't be a doubter. Stand in the word. Put the word in. Find, find a word that fits your situation. And just stand on it. Just get, get a hold of it like a bulldog and say, this is my scripture. I have a scripture that I'm holding on to for my body, for my strength, my healing. It's Psalm 103. I've told you that. But I feel like saying it again. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget none of his benefits. God, I forget none of your benefits. I thank you, Lord, you forgive all my iniquities, and you heal all my diseases. I thank you that you're my forgiver, and you're my healer in Jesus' name. I thank you for my healing. I stand on it in Jesus. I, I refuse to doubt. I say it with my word that Jesus is my healer. He bore my sicknesses and he carried away my diseases and by his stripes I'm healed. And I thank you for it. And watch what God does. He's going to do it in Jesus' name because he's a faithful God. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. So stir up your faith. Be a per Say, I'm going to be a person of faith. You know, I feel, <clears throat> get yourself, get yourself uh, a faith project. You know, find something in your life 
that's that's maybe lacking or a little bit weak. Say, I'm going after this thing in Jesus' name. It's like just find something and start believing God. Find something to believe God for and do it. Start start working out in the area of faith and see what God does. He'll do one thing after another, after another, after another in the life of those who love him and who believe him and who confess his word and be doers of the word in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody say amen. 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 Say, I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Oh, that was a little bit weak. But you can, you, we're going to do, we are going to be believers. We're going to be the believers that God's called us to be. Thank you, John. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I feel like, I know I'm a little shaky this morning. But I feel like God's getting ready to stir something up. I just feel it in my spirit. It's like, why are we going back to f- talk about faith? We're going back to talk about faith because God wants to do something in, in the midst of us. He wants to do faith miracles. He wants to do some, some mighty things for, for us. And it's going to happen in Jesus' name because we're going to be people who love God, who take the word of God and speak it boldly and get what God has for us in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.